0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. This is episode number 316 of the show. I am your host, Bruce Irving, here with you for another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I very much appreciate it. Crystal and Jeff from Pazzo Pizza Company are joining me here on this podcast episode. They recently opened the pizzeria, which was a dine-in pizzeria, Neapolitan-style in February of 2020, what a what a point in time to open a pizzeria. But they've done a great job of pivoting, and I know we that's a word that everybody says too much, but they've done a great job of adapting to the way that we have to do it here, and they're just in my area too, north of Boston. And we talk about that, how they went from a Neapolitan-style pizza that just opened, it was doing really well the first month they were open, to having to totally change to going to takeout and curbside with a, just a few spots available for dining now as we record this episode and you know what are they going to what are they most looking forward to going back to once and if this is over anytime soon so it's a good episode if you're going through that right now i enjoyed talking to crystal and jeff they have some great stuff you can follow them on instagram which we mentioned on the podcast they have some great looking pizza they are looking forward to getting over there and trying them out Uh, but I think you're going to enjoy this episode of the podcast. Also, our new Instagram challenge is starting, so head over to smartpizzamarketing.com to check that one out, and if you want to join our mastermind group, it is open. We talked about our challenge inside the group, great results, a lot of great entrepreneurs inside of that mastermind group, so if you've ever thought about joining the group, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind for that, and as usual, we are going to get right into this podcast, but I do have to talk about this real quick before we get into the content of today's episode. All right, before we get into today's episode, I have to say thanks to Baccio for sponsoring the show. Uh, Let me just tell you that not only does Baccio have great cheese, and trust me, I know because I've been using it quite a bit lately. Check out my Instagram, by the way, and you'll see some photos of it for not only pizzas but for sandwiches. But they also have a Baccio Gold Club program where you can earn money back based on the amount of cheese that you use. There's three different tiers, gold, platinum, and diamond. Plus, Gold Club members get access to the Baccio Marketing Store for promotional items such as pizza box stickers, menus, and so many other things that you can find available for you to use inside the Baccio Marketing Store. They wanna help you grow your business because if you grow your business, you buy more cheese. You buy more cheese, you get more money back it's as simple as that so if you haven't yet head over to bacciocheese.com forward slash spm you can check out the store you can request some samples of the products and trust me if you use this cheese you will not regret it like i said smart pizza marketing go over to my instagram you're going to see some photos of the cheese pizzas i've been making and the sandwiches using the baccio cheese the provore all of the cheese that baccio has to offer is great i guarantee it so again BacioCheese.com forward slash SPM to get started with Bacio today. If you are a small, local, independent pizzeria and you're looking for an online ordering system to fit your budget and your needs, you got to check out Slice. You may have heard of them. They're the pizza app, but they're more than that. Slice gives small shops online ordering and marketing at extremely fair prices, the lowest in the industry. No insane commissions, no crazy contracts, unlike some of those other online ordering services or the third parties. Why? Because the founder and CEO, Allure, is a pizza guy himself. He grew up in his family's business and wanted to create a platform for local independent pizzerias at an affordable price. So if you want some information, go to slicelife.com forward slash owners, and you can get signed up today for an extremely low price. Again, thanks to Slice for sponsoring this podcast. It may not be for everybody, but if you're looking for an affordable online ordering platform, go check out slicelife.com forward slash owners. All right. I appreciate Bacio Cheese. Go over to my Instagram. Seriously, go over to my Instagram, see the cheese that I'm making with these pizzas at my house. It's phenomenal. And also Slice, if you're an independent operator, go check out Slice. They just recently announced that they are part of Barstool Sports Pizza Reviews. If you're familiar with who Dave Portnoy is and his pizza reviews, they are the show sponsor for that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and all right, let's get into today's. That's enough for me. Let's get into today's episode with Crystal and Jeff from Pazzo Pizza. All right, welcome back to the podcast, guys. Jeff is joining me. Jeff, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time for joining me on the podcast here.
1: Thank you for having us, Crystal, uh, my general manager is with us as well.
0: Crystal and Jeff, thank you guys. I appreciate it. I know it's a crazy time right now and everybody's trying to, you know, keep business going and try to figure out what's happening in the world. And I appreciate you guys taking the time out to share your experiences with our audience.
2: Thank you for inviting us.
1: Our pleasure.
0: So tell us a little bit about your business, how you got started. I know you recently opened not too long ago, right before the whole COVID thing happened. But tell us a little bit about, you know, what your business is and where you're located.
1: Long story short, I've been in, in the food business for the last 30 years. Um, I was in the popular neighborhood of the North End for 20 years. I had a high-end torteria, and I've been dabbling with the, a little bit of the pizza th- thing over the last 20 years. I had a pizza, two pizza shops in the financial district. I've always loved the pizza business, uh, especially the Neapolitan side. Um, we, I had a little place in New Jersey where I met Crystal, and we, we really – with culinary backgrounds we really played around with the Neapolitan uh, complexities of the dough and we started to kind of build our own style of Neapolitan pizza we had a great California oven um, that's built and man- managed by an Italian company called Forno Bravo and uh, we've just experienced all, all, all the ins and outs over the years to come and open Pazzo and Andover, Mass. And uh, we opened in second week of February. Or second week of February, and we opened with great reviews and a great flow. We have a great bar scene, and we got hit with the COVID. We shut down. We became a takeout establishment. Crystal, myself, and a, a few others uh, lived here four hours a day, six days a week. We turned our place from a Nice casual sit-down restaurant to a uh,
0: takeout. Wow, what is it now? So that was in February. I mean, that was probably what March. You had to kind of make that pivot. Yeah, March,
1: yeah. second week of the March. Second week of March.
0: You know, are you still takeout majority, or are yeah, you back We were one hundred percent takeout
1: as well as as partial dine-in. And, and the town gave us some nice outdoor seating that just went away yesterday. Um, so we had forty seats all summer outside. We're beginning a. Beginning of July. By the time the town got around to it, was July. Um, You know, they advocated for us, so it was really easy. We set up, and they kept us strong. There was, there's that dining side that people, you know, over the summer didn't really want to sit inside. And I think over the last month or so, it's gotten a little bit better. Where the dining room is, is we have a we have a really open space here. It's it's an open concept. It's 3,500 square feet, and and 2,900 of it. 2,900 square feet of its dining and it's relatively open. So we've spaced the tables apart really well. Um, and we're following all our, our COVID sanitation. And I think people see that and we're starting to see a nice build in our on-premise dining.
2: Now, and then takeout keeps being like our strong, constant like flow basically. The takeout? Yeah.
0: Now, I know traditionally Neapolitan style pizza isn't the best for takeout. It doesn't necessarily, I mean, it's good for takeout, but it doesn't necessarily taste the same when you take it out and you drive it home, and put it in a box. No, yeah, I, I 100%
1: either. agree with you across the board. I, I think any pizza, it, it, when it comes out of that, you know, you're, either you're doing a, a classic style Italian American out of a 600 degree oven or the, you know, 800 to 900 degree Neapolitan wood fired or gas it's always better on premise, right? Um, we've, we've done our best to kind of create taking Joe Joe from colony foods input on our boxes, um, a floating screen that helps keep the moisture from, the, from our homemade mozzarella that we keep. That doesn't make the pizza kind of soggy in the center that a lot of people get frustrated when they get home. But my good customers, I tell them, Call it in or online and just put a note to keep it whole. Our our pizza reheats really well at home in a 475-degree oven like you just had it out of our oven here.
0: Yeah, that's a good strategy. Cause I, you know what? Did you find a lot of people in your area had a misconception of what exactly Neapolitan pizza is? Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Over, the, over the last several years with,
1: with the place in New Jersey and – and, and working with the oven, oh, yeah. There, there is that misconception of why, why is it burnt? <laughs> it's not burnt. That's a healthy char, we like to call it. Right. Crystal, and, Crystal and they- wanted me to uh, somewhere be able to implement that in the dining room. And we have a, a, a wall that's dedicated to Naples. And we have the definition is a thin crust pizza with a puffy and charred crust. In large words, in parentheses, You can't miss it.
0: (laughs) I love it. You know, there's not a, you know, I don't know if Boston in the new England area has the best reputation for pizza, but it's getting better. I feel like there's a lot of new pizzerias opening up and
1: there is. And I I think, you know, I'm an, I've been, I lived in the North end for 30 years. So I am a Regina's guy. I love Regina's pizza. And again, it's one of those things. I want to eat it in the old classic North end location.
0: Not the food court. No, not the food cart, <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm with you. I like Regina's as well. I, I do, you know, that's when people, I think when people think of Boston pizza, there's two places they always refer to. It's Santarpio's and Regina's.
1: I agree. I, yeah, you know, if you're looking for that more crusty Neapolitan and you want some little sausage and lamb on a skewer, that's where you go.
0: I think there, you know, being someone like myself who often visits pizzerias around the country and especially here in Boston, I, I, I don't know if those are the two best re- representations of best pizza in our area, though. Do you?
1: There's not too many other options, I don't think. Do, do, do you? Have, you, know, I've, you know, recently the Connecticut-based Zeppies has come to 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 Massachusetts. Yep, they make a good product. They do. Um, um above and beyond that, that's why I kind of did this. I think Pazzo. You know, rep- represents the best Neapolitan pizza in the 128 belt.
0: Where did you learn how to make your pizza?
1: Oh my goodness! I started in New Jersey, working with a lot of old Italian pizza makers and watching you know them throw and make a classic pie. Um, and then I did a lot of reading. Um, one of my one of the books I think it is the best is by uh, I always say his last name wrong, Enzo. Uh, Cucci, uh, the, it's a book on Neapolitan pizza, in uh, the science and the arts of artisanal pizza, and it, it just it made all it made a lot of sense. Utilizing the very simple parts uh, of of making dough, you know, a lot of people overwork their dough or put too much stuff in it, and I, I found that he 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 leads or leads or is written the best definitions of making a neapolitan pizza. What is that? Simple it's simple. It's it's computo flour, it's water, it's a little salt, it's the yeast and, and it's you know making making that slurry and letting that sit and ferment and having a 24-hour a plus dough rise. So you almost you become that sour, you become a little bit more of a sour crust compared to your traditional places that are you know, turning out thousands of pies a, a day and just making, you know, a flat-based pizza dough. And then it's just simple tomatoes. It, it A lot of people overthink the tomato sauce as far as I'm concerned. Add sugar, add too much, you know, put salt, cook their tomatoes. Uh, you just use a great uh, fresh Italian tomato. You, you you break it down with your hands or you pre- puree it and it's, it's less is more. You, you put a little a little tomato sauce on your pizza and a little olive oil and in the oven it goes, a little fresh mozzarella.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, a lot of people over, not overthink it, but they put too much emphasis on the toppings versus the sauce in the dough. Yeah. Which I think Which are the two makes, most important know,
1: parts. has a culinary background, so it's great to have someone that and ha- It also has the passion for pizza, as, as I do, Right. Um, that, it, that sh- we, we can go back and forth and she'll you know, pull me aside and go, listen, this dough is flat or the crust is, is not right, or be able to tell the guys that, that are making the dough <laughs> that you screwed up this, that, that batch of dough, you should remake a new one for tomorrow. So it's nice to have that person uh, watching your back as well.
0: That's important. I mean, the dough is the most important part of the pizza. 100%. Yeah, and it, and I that, feel
2: like consistency is always the key. You want to give the same product, especially if it's a good product.
1: You know, we, we have to also bring to the, the, the fold is, is, is Max and Leo. They make a good coal-fired pizza.
0: Yeah. I've heard the good things about Max and Leo. I haven't had a chance to stop in there yet, but I've heard good things.
1: No, they're, they're, they're kind of like, I would like to follow in their footprints. They have, uh, I guess, four or five stores and They've built a good name from it. But the Cole thing too, it's a whole different beast.
0: Yeah. I think that's true. I think a lot of people think of pizza as just like, you know, a a factor for toppings that people put on and then just get delivered to your house. But it's not. It's like, it's a, it's, even though it looks simple and there's not a whole lot of ingredients in a dough or like you said, in the sauce or in the cheese, like putting it together in the proper way and the technique that you use to make it makes the difference
1: it's a, it's an art i mean there it's odd in my life i i believe in two things that there's i mean a lot of people can cook and people can make a a chicken parm and it's their style but to make two really good things in life it is anybody can make a sandwich to execute a really great sandwich it is it isn't done well at all anywhere and then pizza is number two
0: true so when you guys opened in February, how did you get the word out that you were opening, and how did you get the word out like what style of pizza you had? How did you inform people about that?
1: That was that was a hard part at the beginning. You know, everybody called and, and it would be like, "I'll, I'll take a large." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we only do a, a twelve, you know, twelve to thirteen inch uh, personal, or you know, share it and get an appetizer. We do we do some great other products here as well than just, just pizza. Uh, we do a, a, a classic. A, Tried to bring the the wings into the fold. and I don't know where wings and pizza ever came together, but (laughs) I guess that's the commercial side of life. So we do a nice uh, house brined uh, wing. Then we flash fry it and toss it in a balsamic rosemary glaze. Um, So we had to sell that a little bit. Oh, we do a 12 inch, you should get an appetizer, I think.
2: Or a salad. And we also
1: have a large family base here in Andover, and there's there's some nice restaurants in, in the neighborhood, but they're all high end. And um, being you know being involved with my brother here and his family between the ages of seven and fourteen, uh, that's the clientele base in Andover. So I wanted to appeal to that customer base. So we made our place kind of a Neapolitan sports bar. Um, it's it's themed very Italian and it's casual. And I think that took throughout Andover moms in the sense of, you know, Oh my God, we can go and have a great glass of wine. The kids can get a, a cheese pizza and we can get an any pasta board and some really hot. So pizzas, crazy pizzas, you know?
0: Yeah. I think that's what makes Neapolitan style pizza different too, is it, it's, you know, if you are a mom and you have kids and, you want to give them pizza, but you don't want to necessarily feel guilty about giving them pizza. Neapolitan style, the way if it's done right, uh, it makes you. It's not. There's nothing. There's no real bad ingredients in there, so it doesn't make you feel bad after you eat it. You could eat the whole pizza and not really feel full or feel like you did something wrong.
1: <laughs> Correct, and you
0: know that goes back
1: around to that that dough and that crust. That, you know, eliminating the ingredients and having a proof and get the air in there to have a very light style pizza. That crisped up, and the nice thing about me about the pizza is you don't have to wait twenty five minutes to have it cook. Right, it, it takes sixty to eighty seconds, so we can get a pizza to your table in two minutes and make your kids really happy.
0: What point of sale system do you use? Do you use one because it's probably different for dine in versus more takeout, right? Uh, we use Toast. A lot of people use Toast. You guys like that? It's really, I feel like it's very
2: easy to use. Yeah. I mean, they added the online ordering. So like now, like if people feel more comfortable just putting in their order online and then they just come and pick up, it will be ready. It's paid for. They don't have to like give us their credit card. So it just makes it easier because it times it according to what orders we already have in the system. So Ooh. I feel like it's a really nice flow when it comes to like s- s- dining in and takeout. Right.
1: And it helps our flow. I think we found in our first three weeks of opening and we didn't have it quite set up that way that we were having backups at the door and, and we were pissing off some of our, our regulars. You know, I called it in, told me 20 minutes and, and now I'm been standing here for 45. Well, you also, you know, I had to remind people that we weren't set up for that. And we're working in a hot flashed oven that, you know, it's first pizza in, Next pizza out, and it, 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 when yours gets there, it gets there. So that that toast, I think, helped by Crystal setting it up and putting a, a time slot on it, has worked really well in our advantage to to keep the product flowing. But we'll do we'll do on a Friday Saturday night within an hour and a half, we'll do 300 pizzas.
0: Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's different too, right? Like customers, you know, especially when you, when you used to, or you're set up initially for dining, like if it's an extra 10 minutes, it's easy to go over to the table and just tell them, Hey, listen, you know what? I'm sorry. It's going to be an extra five or 10 minutes. But when you are somebody, and I know this coming from the pizza industry, you tell someone 10 minutes or 15 minutes sometimes, and they're there in three and they're like, why isn't it ready yet?
1: Oh, and the pace don't forget the pacing you know <laughs> yeah. and the I mean, eyes like
0: it's all, it,
2: it, you, like you, that first week was after we went to like full-on just takeout was like kind of rough because everybody was kind of just getting the hang of it
0: yeah it makes you reconsider your life sometimes when you go <laughs> <to those chambers. laughs> <laughs> it did it, it, it kind of did i remember those days like you know especially when it's like a it was a snowstorm and like it's just like or a holiday and you're like what am i doing yeah, <laughs> I'm in the fine dining la- uh,
1: for the last 30 years. So this was new to me to, to do the casual side and in and, and dealing with the customers on, and, on, a, on a rush basis. And I feel like
2: your like your first restaurant was like smaller too. So like, oh, sure. have, like the volume part was easier to handle. Has there been any
0: changes that you've had to make f- because of COVID that you're going to end up keeping, or do you just, as soon as this is over, you want to go back to how it was in the beginning?
1: I would like to go back to the way it was in the beginning. It, it, I do miss. You know, I, I'm, I'm a hands-on owner. Uh, I've tried to instill the, the same thoughts on my management team, Crystal and, and my chef and knowing my customers, I miss the bar. I, miss, I have 30 seats at the bar and it, it's empty, you know, yeah. that's part of your bread and a major part of the, uh, the bread and butter and it's not there. And I, I love people. Uh, and, and I miss, I miss that aspect of managing a dining room. And I love the three hours of chaos that,
2: that, why <laughs> I'm in this business. It,
1: yeah. I love, you know, I love when the computers go down and trying to make it work. I don't love it, but it is part of why I do what I do. You know, it's, it's, and I do miss
0: it. I mean, you're the first person on this podcast and we've done 300 episodes that's ever said that they love when the computers go down and they have to fix them. It,
1: no, it's it's just I don't mean it in that sense. I just like the that chaos of controlled chaos is what I think. I think a lot of people are in this business for it, it's it's what we do is trying to put out as much as we can and keep the customer happy and and, and hitting that register.
0: No, That's I know I know what of- you mean. I was just more referring to like I know totally what it's <laughs> like. Right, Friday night rush comes in the middle of Friday night rush. You're <laughs> right, like I never, I'm never doing this again. And then it's over, and you're like, you know what, that wasn't so bad. And you're like. And then you're back at it next week. Yes, it's like, it's like in the middle of it, it's, it feels horrible, and then as soon as it's over, you like forget that it was so horrible.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's what makes the restaurant industry so like interesting in a way it's like every day it's like really different.
0: Yes, that and the people you work with.
2: Yeah, that's
0: that different. that definitely makes it interesting. That's a good, for sure.
2: that's a good part of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. What so you know, Neapolitan pizza is a skill. It's not like you can put a pizza on a screen and put it through a conveyor oven is it hard for you to find people to be able to make that style of pizza?
1: Yes. It, it's, it's, it's training them to be able to stretch and pull the dough.
2: Without overworking it.
1: Without overworking it and being able to manage the oven at the same time so that you could keep that flow of doing 300 pizzas. So, you know, you're, you're looking at, believe it or not, to, to, to expedite that is it two and a half man operation. We have, we have a salad on our line as well, but it takes two guys to run that pizza on a Friday, that oven on a Friday and Saturday night to keep the flow going. And after you've spent the time showing them how to do it, I would say it takes six to eight weeks for even a pizza guy that arguably worked at Domino's or, or Bartucci's to come in and utilize this oven. They're not coming in and walking in and making a pizza perfect it's not going to
0: happen right yeah there's a difference between being able to make a pizza and then being able to make a pizza on a busy night exactly. for yeah. a restaurant it's completely different it's, it's like an art yeah it's like i can throw a football i ain't playing quarterback for the patriots <laughs> <laughs> i can't throw
1: a football
0: so it's <laughs> <laughs> um so your social media too is pretty well done who who's in control of the social media um
1: Crystal Martinez, right next to me. She's, she's our, our our social feed every day. Uh, we, we had an artist come in and take some pictures. Uh, of a friend of my brother's take a lot of pictures. Crystal takes a lot of pictures, and we've kind of take that and we've made our database, and she's done a really great job doing it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that it's good that you keep consistent with it. I think consistency is key, like with anything. you know, If you can... You can post a picture to Instagram here or there. It's never going to really help you get the word out. But yeah. if you're consistent. Yeah, I've had that.
1: I've had marketing companies that I've paid thousands of dollars monthly do a lot less for me <laughs> than she has.
0: That happens quite a bit. Um, well, it's
2: like I was telling Jeff, I was like, I've had my Instagram and I know like I go to places based on like pictures and stuff I want to try. And like, that's what I was like. Yeah, we can keep it like all like professional looking pictures, but at the same time, like people want to see what they actually want to have or like what we offer. And then I feel like just looking at a picture makes you want to eat.
0: Yes. It's like the mistake that people make with commercials, right? Like back in the day, you'd you'd see that McDonald's hamburger and then you go to McDonald's like, what is this? Yeah. It's not what (laughs) they showed me. (laughs) <laughs> and I think sometimes people also often make the mistake of what their Instagram and Facebook is not showing you the food like they do too yeah, much like of the Yeah, like what it actually or,
2: looks like yeah. versus like maybe a picture of it that you stage.
0: Exactly. Like I want to go to Instagram. I almost feel like Instagram is like the visual menu. I want to go there and look at what you have and what the pizzas look like and maybe figure out what kind of food I'm going to order when I get there.
1: Yeah. And when you have a good following, you know, a couple thousand people like we do, um, you know, every Thursday we put, we put out our pizza and pasta of the week and you know, you don't realize that people actually pay attention with it on a Friday night. You go to check yeah, and you're like, wow, we sold 25 of our, our, our pasta, our pizza special.
0: And you only advertise that through social
1: only through social.
0: So that's the way you know it's working. Yep. Yeah. Do you have a new pizza every single week?
1: We do, we do every, every Friday we post a, a new one at three o'clock for the week.
0: How do you come up with that pizza?
2: I oh. feel like we talk about it and like, we say like what we would like to have on a pizza. Yep. So like this week I was like, like our chicken melon sandwich is pretty popular. So I was like, why don't we do like a white pizza with some like crispy chicken, tem- I mean, chicken cutlet. Cause we make a really good chicken cutlet, and that was pretty popular. I feel like you can't really go wrong with a base, like a really simple pizza.
1: I feel like I spent a lot of time in steak houses. It's kind of it was <laughs> my thing, and um, I we did two weeks ago a, a steak steak a uh, steakhouse pizza pizza. We we did it with a white base with uh, seared fillet, caramelized onions, gorgonzola cheese, topped with a little bit of
0: arugula, And shaved
2: potatoes, and uh,
0: shaved potatoes. That sounds like a good one.
2: Yeah, so you get like that steakhouse experience, Gee, but as a pizza. The thing, you know, what's great
1: about pizza, and I think the misconception of going back to the art of pizza, it also can be a meal that can also bring in a great bottle of wine. Yeah. You know the, the old adage of having a pizza and a beer, no, having a great Barolo, and you can order a great pizza. This week, I think we're doing a, a really – it's truffle season. We're doing a – um Wild mushroom pizza with chopped summer truffles and um, a, a We're poached doing a,
2: fried egg. A fried egg on
0: top. Huh, that sounds good. We're, so after the week is over, is the pizza gone or do you have it like maybe come back with later? I mean,
2: just like if people request it and we have everything in house to make it, we will make it to order. This it goes back. That means, you know, that they're following your, your social media.
1: If right. we, we can do it, we'll do it. Two weeks ago, when we did a sh- we did like a- we did a
2: like a cheeseburger pizza one, like over the summer, and like people kept requesting it, and we're like, okay, let's bring it back.
1: Or the sh- we did a short rib one two weeks ago, then we kept on for two weeks. Yeah, because so- everybody
2: loved it.
0: I like that. I think I think you know, I, you know, one of the mistakes I see a lot of restaurants and pizzerias specifically make is their menus are just too big. And it's hard to manage all of the items on their menu because they're trying to please everybody. I liked when you say like, we come up with a new pizza, it's available for a short period of time and then it's kind of gone. So it makes people want to see what's new, but also maybe try something new as well.
2: Yeah, like I feel like we have our core pizzas which are on our menu and then we try to give them something different than what we already offer. When you have
1: six pizzerias within three miles, of each other you, you gotta bring to some, get creative you gotta get creative to be able to bring that that customer in and, and have them experience the, the Pazzo experience
0: yeah you have to separate yourself because you know i don't know what those other pizzerias in your area are like they're not neapolitan style are they no not at all no. yeah so th- but they're probably similar to each other yeah so like they're all buying the same ingredients. They're all buying the same sauce, probably the same or similar flour and cooking their pizza the same way. So how do you stand out if you're that person?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we also do a good job of like bringing high quality ingredients yeah, locally sourced and like stuff that would give the pizza more quality versus quantity, I guess.
1: Like well, if, you- I, if I could get away with it, I wouldn't cut my pizzas.
0: <laughs> i know Could because have. for takeout they're not for dining obviously
2: yeah correct
0: yeah for takeout i agree i think the neapolitan style is better not cut if you're going to take it home you're better off not cutting it and reheating it yeah in we
1: think day. that the first week we got a phone call we got numerous phone calls <laughs> why didn't you, somebody didn't me. cut my i pizza. don't want to mock anybody um why didn't you cut the pizza I'm like all right
0: never mind that that failed <laughs> i think yeah but people don't know better they need to. They need to be like. You need to tell them like. You know what? We're not cutting your pizza. It's too bad. I know. I know a couple of pizzerias that do that. They have Neapolitan style pizza and they won't cut it if you take it out.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. We'll have to think.
2: I mean, that. it's kind of like when people are like, "Oh, I want my crust more crispy," and we try to explain how once you put it in the box, <laughs> the, <laughs> the crust is not going to be
0: crispy anymore. Right. This is my
1: favorite one. I like a half sausage, pepperoni, and half plain. Not going to happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't do half pizzas, just whole thing, right? No. I love it. I try not to. I listen, I you gotta do and I think that's what makes you differently. I think it, you know, if you try if you were like okay to everybody who asked for everything, it would never come out good.
2: I feel like it creates more, more chaos, if anything, if you try to like let's say because you will have like somebody who calls in for a half and half, uh for pizza, which is our white pizza, and then uh the shroom, which is a red-based pizza, and then like the kitchen is gonna end up messing it up because it's happened like times when we try to accommodate it. Somebody that's dining in.
0: Yeah, and I think most, 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 and this is a this is a restaurant industry podcast. So there's probably not a lot of consumers listening to this. Yeah, I think a lot of consumers don't know what they're talking about when they order pizza, and they think they know, yeah. but they don't I'm actually still know. Buy- I'm gonna <laughs> bite my cheek. I'm still <laughs> gonna bite my cheek on not know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, knowing me, there's four people listening that are regulars, and th- you're calling me an asshole? No, I'm not calling
0: an asshole. You just don't think you know what you're doing. I don't think it's being an asshole. I think it's more of like you're the chef, right? And you guys are creating the pizza. Trust us to give you a good product.
2: Yeah, because that's what we want to
0: do. Right? Like, don't let us do it how we think it should be done. Because ultimately, you're going to enjoy that more than your well-done half pepperoni sausage. Well, mo-
1: most qualified restaurateurs the only way to do it is their way right it's
0: my way that's the only way to get it done you don't
1: know anything <laughs> unfortunately it doesn't work that way
0: what is your favorite pizzas on the menu from your establishment go ahead crystal
2: i mean mine's is a pepperoni. <laughs> i feel like our pepperonis are like have really, we well,
0: we use a really high, a high end, end
2: pepperoni it's like uh, a from- thicker it's hand cut
0: Okay, that sounds yeah, good. high quality.
2: Um, I feel like or arugula pizza is also very good if we're going for something different, which is topped with prosciutto and aged balsamic.
1: Mine would be the, our, our, our carne and that's uh, basically uh,
2: a meat lovers. A meat
1: lovers style pizza with it's got uh, imported supersada. It's got sausage. Sausage, pancetta. our pepperoni, pancetta it's just got all the great Italian meats on there. And and the nice thing about it, it's not heavy. It it doesn't, you know, you don't bite into it and all the crap falls off onto your plate. It, it, we've got it measured out perfectly. So you have, enjoy all those bites. And then my, my next one would prop my three next one would be the, our Bolognese. We do a great Bolognese. Which Uh,
2: comes from your Carmen.
1: Comes from my days of, uh, I'm in an Italian restaurant, so I tried to keep the bolognese in play, and we do that nice, nice little
2: a traditional bologna style bolognese.
1: Yes, and then our and then we do a great scampi. I think it's just it rocks. We we <laughs> we make a nice shrimp scampi base, uh, and then we do a, a white pizza with regatta cheese, mozzarella, and fontina, fanti- and then we put the sh- um, the shrimp on them. It rocks.
2: I well, feel like that, everybody's always like skeptic of trying that one, and then they try and then they keep ordering it.
0: Yeah, that is one that people are a little bit hesitant to try, isn't it? But, I mean, I, I'm looking at it right now on your Instagram, and it looks really good.
1: I have a 74-year-old father that, as far as he's <laughs> concerned, the only pizza that he will eat is the sausage pepperoni. And as of March 7th, the only pizza he wants to eat now is the shrimp scampi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good, that's a good uh, yeah. vote up for the shrimp scampi pizza, right?
2: Yeah,
0: I love like I, I'm, a, I'm a, not a traditionalist like I love I don't think there I don't think there's any topping that shouldn't be on a pizza. Like if you want to put on, on your pizza, go for it. Like, who am I to judge you or care about what you put on your pizza? Um, but I do like to try the cheese pizza at places just because I feel like
1: you need a margarita is the only way to judge the yeah. quality of a good pizza place. I yeah. agree.
0: Like it's like if you do that, well, then I'll I'll trust you to put something else on it, too.
1: Exactly. I, I agree. 100 percent. You know, you have that perfect salt cheese
0: based crust. Anything after that, I eat- feel like
2: because us, you're like your canvas.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's like the base of me judging whether you can make a pizza or not. Yeah. You know, if you can do that well, I trust you. I think you're a good pizza maker. If you can make those simple ingredients, put them together well, cook it to perfection, you know your dough is on point. Then I'll trust you to put some shrimp on a pizza too.
1: Where did you become the knowledge base for Neapolitan pizza? What what got you? Where what oh, are you,
0: doing this today? Um, you know, I don't think uh, I have a, I'm curious, right? Like, I don't think I have a huge knowledge base of Neapolitan pizza. I grew up in the pizza industry making pizza. I actually worked at Regina Pizza when I was younger. That's where I started. And for me, it's just talking to people. Like I've had the chance to talk to, you know, Anthony Mangieri of Una Pizza in New York and we've become friends and uh, Anthony Falco as well, who worked at Roberta's in New York and, just talking yeah. and messaging and testing out dough at my house and talking to those guys and, you know, and asking questions. That's kind of like in eating a lot of pizza and that's kind of where my knowledge base comes from. But I don't know at all. I just know what I know and I'm curious and I want to learn more about it.
1: Well, it's nice for you to have a podcast that gives you the knowledge of what people don't know. Yeah. I love to,
0: I love hearing the stories and I love sharing that because I think, you know, when I was growing up, if you said you were a pizza maker, people kind of laughed at you and thought you were like a loser. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's become more. I
1: thought that I thought that, too, until one day I was I was I was probably in my late teens on Lake Nibisaki and, and I was docking a boat and this big, beautiful go fast boat was next to me. And I said, So what do you do for a living? He said, like, a couple pizza shops. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you've got yourself a forty two foot scarab here. You're right. And I've got a twelve foot Boston whaler. So yeah. I'm like, Yeah, that, that that loser thing went right through the door at, at that
0: point. <laughs> that perception and like it's become more accepted in the chef community to be a pizza maker. It's become more of like you are you're you're not just to learn yeah. how to cook and like learn how to bake and make dough and like that's important. It's become more Yeah, accepted. like I feel
2: like when I get when you have to like open up a pizza though yourself and you're like, oh, this is actually harder than it looks. It, yeah, it's
0: a revolution. It's a revolution. You
1: look you know, you know, look at the cutting edge of, of some pizza places that have grown in. There was a part where, I, you know, I love Bartucci's. When they first opened, the first few stores when I was a kid, I thought they had really good pizza. Yes. And over the time, they've commercialized. It's kind of like opening a box of Barilla of pasta and, and cooking it al dente. And you have a nice salt water bath that makes it a really Good al dente pasta. And then you find out later that the fresh pasta is even better. Right. So it just becomes this evolution of what you thought a pizza was to what it is today. And that's what it's turned it into, you know, chefs accepting it, companies, you know, building a franchise based on on a quality product.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And, and that's why I do the podcast because I love hearing about that and, and ultimately learning myself and doing it in my with my own dough and my own pizza that I make. So that's why I do it. But um, listen, I appreciate you guys joining me on the podcast. Where, if someone's in the Andover area, where, where can they go? Where are you located? And then also if they want to go check you out online, where can they go?
2: So we're um, located at 10 Main Street in Andover. Um, and then online, we're at podsoandover.com.
0: And Pazzo is P-A-Z-Z-O pizza company on Instagram and uh, yeah. Facebook. I believe the same thing, right? Yeah. Well, Crystal, Jeff, it was great talking to you guys. Don't hang up, but I appreciate you joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. It was thank nice
1: talking to you. It was nice talking to you.
0: Thanks for your moments. All right. Well, thank you to Crystal and Jeff. Go check them out. We linked up all the show notes. their social and all that stuff for the podcast over at smartpizzamarketing.com. Lost my train of thought there for a second as I'm trying to multitask. Yeah, smartpizzamarketing.com, Pazzo Pizza on Instagram. You can go check them out. Again, you want to get into that Instagram challenge? We have one going on as this podcast comes out inside of our mastermind group smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. 30-day Instagram challenge. Increase your reach, increase your impressions, increase your followers. We'll teach you how to do that inside the challenge. Whole bunch of new things coming to Instagram too, so we talk a lot about that inside of our mastermind group. smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. Uh, also, hit me up on Instagram. I am at smartpizzamarketing on Instagram and at thebrewserving. If you want to see a little bit behind the scenes about our other podcast the local business podcast, at the Brew Serving. Shoot me a message over there. Let me know what you think of this here podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to smartpizzamarketing.com too, if you haven't yet. If you're listening to this, whenever it comes out, hit that subscribe button so you're alerted when new episodes arrive. All right, guys, thank you so much. Have a great week. We'll see you next week right here on the podcast.